service. What's up, listeners? Welcome back to the Full Service Podcast. I am Tank Smith, your host. It is 2020, new year, new decade. Fucking thanks for uh, thanks for being here with us. I uh, hope uh, everybody's had a good new year so far. Hope you're still sticking to your New Year's resolutions. As for me, I called my weed guy January 1st. My, uh, <laughs> it's already spoiled. <laughs> well, no, I hope, I uh, hope everybody's having a good year so far. Um, like I said, week 15. If you have not listened to last week's episode, go, uh, go check it out. I, uh, do like a 2019 year in review. Um, I play like highlights from, uh, every episode that uh or not every episode but every interview that i've done so far and uh maybe if you listen to that you hear a highlight from an episode you haven't heard you're like oh shit gotta go back and listen to that episode then hit us in the front end um so yeah go to go check out that episode play some highlights talk about some goals what i did last year comedy wise what i'm trying to do this year um so far I'm on the road to 260 times being on stage. I think I only went up like four times this week, so it's not it was not a good week. I got next week's going to be better though. Um, but no, thanks. Uh, thanks for being here uh, this week. I'm excited. I have an inter- interview for you today. Um, and the, in the first episode, I kind of mentioned that uh, like there's so many different avenues uh, to sex work. Primarily, so far, it's been uh, focused like on uh, escorting. But this week, my guest, uh, Dalma Rosa, she's a panty seller um, and hosts the Panty Selling Podcast. Great podcast. You should all check it out. Um, It's the Panty Selling Podcast is the name of it, literally. Um, It is on Spotify, iTunes. It is on YouTube. Her Twitter is at panty underscore Dalma. So go make sure you give her a follow on Twitter as well as us, if you have not. <laughs> Full Service Pod is our Twitter. Our email address is fullservicepod at gmail.com. Hit us with a sweet email. Let us know what you want to see on the podcast. Uh, how you feel. What you're going to go shopping for later in the grocery store. You know, Send us anything. We'll take it. I'll take it. I'll read it. <laughs> I'll advertise for you. Hey, um, if I like you, we'll see. We'll see what the pitch is. Um... But no, thanks for being here. I'm excited. Yes, uh, she's a uh, Dama uh, Rosa is located. She's in Spain, so we're going across the pond for this episode. I uh, I had to, I used Zencaster uh, to record, and I don't know how I feel about it. Uh, her audio sounds amazing. At some points, my audio you'll hear it sounds kind of fucking weird. Um, but you'll you'll you know what I'm talking about. Um, we'll see. I might continue to use it for, uh, remote interviews, but we shall see. But no, I'm going to stop talking. This is episode 15, my interview with Dalma Rosa, everything panty selling. It's going to be awesome. Check it out. Also her website, uh, before we start the interview, pantysellingschool.com, pantysellingschool.com. Check it out. I am excited about this episode today. I'm su- I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited about every episode, but this one in particular. Um, my guest today is the host of the Panty Selling Podcast, Dalma Rosa. Dalma, thank, thanks for being on the podcast today. Hey, thank you for having me. I'm so excited about today. 
Yeah, heck yeah. We're uh took a trip across the pond. I am now we, we're going we're in Spain today. We're we're taking it's international. Um I really I really appreciate you being on the podcast. It's such a delight to talk about all things panty selling. I could probably talk about it all day long. <laughs> Heck yeah. <laughs> I can tell by the uh, your podcast, like you're like super passionate about panty selling, which yeah. which is like awesome. Like I feel like people people notice that and listen would listen to the podcast. Yeah. I think what's interesting for me when I decided to do the podcast was that there were I, I found two podcasts online. I thought somebody's got to be doing this already. And I found two. One was just one episode and the other one was just two episodes. And then, you know, clearly they just sort of stopped or it didn't work for them. And yeah, I'm just I'm so surprised because I was really the first to kind of get up and going with a podcast about panty selling and, you know, and being able to kind of give a voice to the community because that's what I felt was really sadly lacking. There was a lot of information out there from platforms but there was nothing really from people that were doing it and you know could share those experiences with other sellers so yeah I'm I'm kind of delighted that my panty selling podcast is the biggest and the best because obviously other platforms have caught on now and there's at least two doing their own podcast oh really Um, so yeah well interestingly panty deal uh, which was the platform that I first started selling on they approached me after they found out I was doing my podcast and asked me to host theirs, which I did for six episodes. I no longer um, am on Panty Deal. And then I think the next one to start was Sophia Gray. Um, They started a podcast. and Yeah, so it's just kind of, it's inevitable. It's, it's, you know, it's, I was just surprised nobody else was doing it, quite frankly. But yeah, there we go. <laughs> That's all. It's it's like once you like put it out to the universe, everyone's like, "Oh wait, there was a need for this. We want we like this. Let's yeah. let's do it ourselves." Yeah, no. absolutely. And you know, I get messages every single week, sometimes every single day or a few times a day from sellers going, "Oh my god, thank you so much for the podcast. I listen to it all the time, and it's really helped me not just to be a better seller, because obviously that was the main reason I started, but also just to kind of get through this experience because, you know, panty selling is not easy sometimes. And just to have somebody there that's kind of putting into words some of what you're going through or some of what you're feeling is really valuable. So, you know, I get a lot from the podcast, not just like sharing my tips, but just helping people really. That's what I'm all about. Yeah, because I mean, yeah, they know they're not alone. They know someone else is going through the same thing, and they can learn from your experiences. So I'm sure it's definitely definitely valuable. Exactly. Yeah. How? Uh, I know. How'd you discover Pacer? Like, how'd you how'd you first find out about it, or even know that it was a thing? Um, I knew it was a thing from. I mean, classic stock response. I'm going to mention Orange is the New Black. Um, okay. You know, like that. The episodes where they were they were selling panties from the prison. So I I knew that it was a thing from that, but I didn't actually know that people were selling their panties online until I stumbled across a blog post from Side Hustle Nation, okay. which is a blog that helps people you know do side hustles, make money on the side doing different things. And it it was a blog post of theirs that linked to Panty Deal. And when I saw it, I just thought it was so funny. And like, I was just like, what really? Oh my God, people are actually doing that. And so that's, that's how I discovered it. And I signed up literally that day and that was the start of it for me. But I literally, I had no idea what the panty fetish was all about. I didn't know what people did with them. I I literally knew nothing. 
And in some respects, that was good because whilst I had a lot to learn, I didn't enter the profession with any preconceived ideas because I really was a blank slate. Nice. Um, so, you know, that it, it opened my eyes to a lot. Like I got an education in the first few weeks that I never expected. <laughs> um, but yeah, <laughs> it was fun. It was a fun ride. But that's how, I mean, I, I got into it because it, it seemed like a, a viable side hustle that I could implement fairly quickly and fairly easily. How did you like when you start? It was like, oh man, I have to like buy all this inventory now. Like, is how did you how do you know what like know what to do? Or is it literally like I said, I have these paintings. I could just sell people. Like, I could just put them on this website. People want to buy them. Yeah, that was it. I I literally had no idea what to do. But I thought, well, I've got an underwear drawer full of panties. Like, I'll just sell them. Like, you know, how yeah. hard can it be? I didn't didn't think about going out and buying anything special or or anything like that. Um, so yeah, I just took pictures of everything that I had and I was like, yeah, happy to sell all of these. Let's just do it. And and that was it. But, you know, like I said, I didn't have a clue. I, I was really just, you know, um, fumbling in the dark mostly and just kind of making, yeah. making up as I went along. <laughs> how long, how long did it take you to make your first sale? I made my first sale on the third day of selling, which is, oh, nice. yeah, um, which is super quick. You know, and if, if anyone's listening to this and, you know, they've been doing it for a few weeks and, and they're like, oh, my God, um, you know, don't don't take that as standard. There is no standard. I think a lot of sellers come into this and they've they picked up some kind of belief somewhere, whether it's come from a platform or, you know, whatever online um, that basically, you know, you put your stuff on like eBay or something like that. You put your stuff on a platform and then it just sells, like people just buy it and it and it doesn't work yeah. like that, unfortunately. I mean, it can do, it can do for some people, but not for me. And actually the first sale that I made was not panties. It was pictures of me in panties. And again, that was something that I hadn't expected because when I signed up, I was like, oh, I'm just going to sell panties. And then the first guy that showed a real genuine interest in me was like, well, I want to pay you for pictures of you in panties. And so I was like, oh, um, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. yeah, I didn't know I did that. Okay. Let's, let's try it, you know, and it was something that was within my comfort zone and I thought, well, hell, you know, it's, it's a sale. Yeah. And so that, that was my first sale. I did, I sold my first pair of panties. I'm going to say day six or seven. So about a week after I set up was my first panty sale, but my first sale was actually pictures. Okay, I feel like that's still good. I feel like a week's still good, though. That's, that's still good. Yeah, a week is still really good. And again, just to come back to what I mentioned before, some sellers, I, I speak to sellers, I have my own group for sellers where we can have sort of like community and support and questions oh, nice. and things like that. Some sellers go eight weeks um, without making a sale and some sellers go eight hours. So, I mean, there, like I said, there's no standard. It's just, it just your luck sometimes, especially if you're a new seller. It just depends on what you're selling, how you're selling it, how you're, you know, putting yourself across, what you're doing. So, you know, don't don't be upset if you haven't made a sale in the first few weeks because yeah. that is normal for some people. So I just want to put that out there in case anyone's like, oh my God, I haven't made a sale in three days, you know? Yeah. Especially too, I feel like just starting out new, I feel like it'd be it's do you feel like it was like harder to catch on versus like an like I guess an experienced seller, someone who's already established? Um, well, it's interesting because actually new sellers get a lot of attention. If you think about the kinds of guys that are hanging out on platforms day in, day out, 
they've maybe seen everybody that's kind of, you know, um, experienced and been there for a while. So when somebody new comes along, they can actually get a lot of attention. But equally, there are buyers who are like, well, that person is new. They have no experience. They have to prove themselves first, either with reviews or, you know, by showing up consistently for a set period of time before they'll even consider buying from them. So unfortunately, in the industry, a lot of people get scammed from fly by night sellers who may be male or female, nobody knows, that come along and just basically scam. So, you know, there are there are buyers who are like, oh my God, fresh meat, you know, let's go and check them out. And then (laughs) other ones that will stay completely (laughs) far away until they can see that that person is trustworthy. So that's the nature of the game, unfortunately. That makes sense. Yeah. But for me, you know, being a new seller, I certainly did get a lot of interest, but whether that interest is legitimate or not is another is another question because, yeah, you can have a lot of messages as a new seller and you can be like, wow, this is great. But actually, you know, 80 to 90% of those guys have no intention of buying from you. They just want to see what they can get from somebody who's, you know, naive and doesn't really understand how it works, which was me. And, you know, I think most sellers, if not the majority, will tell you that they have been scammed at one point from a guy who was just trying to get something from nothing for nothing, you know, and and made promises that they didn't keep and all this kind of thing. So again, you know, that's just the nature of the beast. And it's something that we all have to go through and we all have to learn from. And what you'll find is the most experienced sellers who've been at this for, you know, a year or more, they can see a scam from, you know, 10 miles away. Like they know everything, yeah. how, how people will try and play them. And, and so they don't played and that's the good thing and I mean just coming back to this again when you're a new seller you kind of have to go through these rites of passage and one of them is guys trying to scam you and maybe even succeeding in scamming you right and and you feel like an idiot and you feel like you failed and you feel like you're not good enough but this is actually really good learning for you and I think the more people that you interact with and the more experiences you have the better seller you become. So it's one of those things that can either knock you off the horse for good or you dust yourself down and you get back on and you go, right, I'm going to stick at it. And this time I know what to look out for, you know? So Yeah. I feel, I feel like it's just, it'd be a learning curve. You, you, have, you just have to learn. Yeah. It's a massive learning curve. I'd say the first kind of two months are crazy, <laughs> a crazy <laughs> learning curve. Like I said, my eyes were wide open. I didn't even know that you could sell some of the things I saw being sold. You know, it was just like, wow, this is a whole new world. Um, so there's that. And then there's learning how to sell online because not everybody that comes into this has experience with selling online. I did, um, you know, I'd, I'd done a lot of that beforehand so there was that so you know and so there's lots of things to kind of learn all in one go you're wearing all of the hats right you know or all of the yeah. you are the ceo and you are the marketer and you are the advertiser and you are the customer relation and you are everything and it's just like yeah like i said it's a lot to learn but you'll get there do you think do you think your previous experience definitely helped when you started pain selling I think so. Yeah, I think a couple of things helped me. Um, My previous experience meant that I had some insights into selling online and advertising and marketing and things like that. And also my age. Um, I'm not a young seller. A lot of sellers that come into this are, I'm going to say, between 20 and 27. Like you would probably make up the majority. 
Um, I'm much older than that. So I have the benefit of experience as well. And I have a lot more, I guess, confidence in myself that I didn't have as a younger woman. So that has definitely stood me in good stead as well with this work. Because I did a series on my blog, actually, of interviews with sellers over the age of 40. And it was really interesting because they sort of echoed a lot of the same sentiment of just being confident in yourself, not taking any shit and, you know, all those kinds of things like having limits and boundaries and, and not questioning yeah. yourself. And those are things that come with age as well. So nice. yeah, they can definitely help you too. That, yeah, that definitely makes sense. When you, when you started, did you feel like there was like a community, like a panty selling community that you could kind of rely on or maybe ask questions to, or was it like, I'm kind of going into this, I don't know anything about it at all, but I'm going to try it and there's no one I can reach out to or were there... Was there was there community support in the panty selling community? Like community, I guess. Um, if there was, I couldn't find it. So I, yeah, I really felt like a bit of a lone wolf, and nobody was certainly posting about you know come and join our group for sellers. I I know there were groups for sellers normally on Kick. There are a number of groups okay. where you know sellers just get together and and things like that. Um, but I hadn't. I hadn't seen any advertised. I hadn't been invited to any. I hadn't even, you know, thought about posting it because I didn't even know it was a thing. So, yeah, I was really going it alone for the first few weeks. And I had a really bad incident that really shook me with a guy who contacted me. And and I felt really alone. And the only person that I had to talk to was my husband, and, you know, of course he, he, you know, was there for me, but he didn't fully understand, I suppose, to the extent that other sailors would. So yeah. yeah, I felt, I felt really kind of just out there on my own and, and I didn't like that. Um, so that was the reason that I decided to start my own community. I was like, well, if I can't find one, I'm just going to start one. Okay. And so I started my own group. I'm trying to think exactly when that was, it was maybe six or seven weeks in maybe a little bit more I'm I'm not 100% sure of the timeline there but yeah I just decided like I need a community with other sailors and so I'm just going to start one that's the way you get it that's yeah that's that's awesome because it's like people you know that you're not the only one that's doing like <laughs> there's thousands of people that are also doing this thing and they're like how is nobody how is nobody talking about this how are we not helping each other how are we not because we're all we're all trying to do the same thing and yeah. it's not necessarily like we're competing against each other you know yeah I think I will say that for for Panty Deal particularly which is where I I sold for the first three months just solely on that platform um you know of course there are sellers who are friends with each other but everything kind of takes place behind closed doors like you don't know necessarily who's friends with who and and who's helping who and all that kind of thing so you you may join a platform and even feel like it could be clicky and that you are the new girl at school yeah. and all that kind of thing. And and that's how everyone feels when they join. But the truth is that the majority of sellers, I'm going to say 80% of sellers, are really helpful and want to see you succeed and want to help you as much as they can. And so if you're in that boat, all you need to do is maybe reach out to 10 sellers. Like, you know, there's there's hundreds and hundreds of sellers on platforms. And just be like, hey, you know, I'm new here. I'm looking to join a community of sellers. Like, do you know any groups that I could join? Or could you point me in the right direction? Or anything like that. Um, or even just post it if your platform has an, an overview page, like a main feed page, you can post it there. And okay. you'll find that a lot of sellers will reach out and, and help you. Because in general, 
they are really helpful people that, you know, that that's always been my thing is collaboration over competition. And really when we compete with each other, like nobody wins, it's just a shit place to hang out and, you know, nobody has any fun. But when we're collaborating with each other, when we're, you know, holding each other up and supporting each other and celebrating each other, it just makes the whole industry that much nicer to work in. And, you know, who, who wants to work in a shitty job with shitty people yeah, no. <laughs> and, and not have that? So that that was just always my thing. But, yeah, uh, there are allegiances or alliances, of course, between more experienced sellers because they've been doing this for a long time. They've seen a lot of people come and go and they've got their friend groups and they've got people that they trust and all that kind of stuff. So that is a thing. Some sellers like to just go alone and not join groups and just be like, you know, head down, get on with it. And that has its benefits too. But for me, I'm just the kind of person that wants to be part of a community where if something happens to me, I can talk about it. Or if I have a question, I can ask it and we can all help each other. So that's just, you know, that's how I roll personally. Yeah. Mm. And you're on episode, you said you just released episode three of the podcast. uh, Episode 40 of the podcast is coming out on Monday. So yeah, it, it it was something, what happened was I started my group and then I decided to put together some free training for people who were new because, you know, it was stuff that I had learned fairly early on. And I thought there's a lot of sellers coming in here. I see people making the same mistakes. I'm just going to put together, you know, a training, a three-part training on, you know, how to get started. Okay. And then after I did that, I realized that I had a lot that I wanted to talk about. Like there was a lot of stuff coming up in my group, Um, you know, things like topics that things that people were going through. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to start a podcast and start talking about it. And so, yeah, that was 40 weeks ago or give or take. I have taken a couple of weeks off. Um, So 42 weeks ago. And there's just more to talk about, which is insane to me. I mean, I don't suppose I had a long term view when I started the podcast but yeah it's still going I still have lots that I want to talk about and it's really good because I have a lot of sellers in my group so I can see the kinds of things that are coming up for them and then I can talk about them oh nice yeah it's just like to where you could talk about issues and then they're like oh well that's oh, nice yeah that's awesome yeah and you know I get asked a lot of questions as well people contact me through Instagram or Twitter or wherever and they go, you know, what do you think about this? And it's not necessarily something that I can just answer in a few sentences. So I'm like, okay, I'll either write a blog post about it or I'll talk about it on the podcast. And that way I feel like, you know, that's not just helping that one person it's helping everybody. Yeah. You can reach a huge audience. Yeah, exactly. And you know, if that person is asking it, then the chances are, you know, a hundred other people out there are asking it too. And of course, you know, it's just my opinion. It's just my advice. I'm a seller who's been doing this for a year now. So I'm still, you know, classified, I guess, as a newbie, like I'm, I'm definitely not a long-term adult industry worker but um I do have a lot to say I do have a lot of opinions about things and I like to share them so you know a few times when I've been doing the podcast I've had that kind of crisis of confidence and I'm like who the fuck do I think I am doing this like I definitely don't know I have that every every single week (laughs) yeah (laughs) like I'm not an expert and you know I'm really clear that 
I'm just giving you my take on things. And I, you know, I make a big habit of going like, you may not agree with this, but this is what I think. But then, you know, further down the line, there are times where I'm like, actually, I'm not sure if I was 100% right about that. Um, So, you know, I'm learning just as everybody else is. And, and that's just the way it is. But it's like, if I don't do this, you know, no one else is doing it right now. So I may as well just carry on. Yeah, you got to do it. You got to do it. (laughs) What's awesome, listen, like I listen to the podcast and it's like, you're clearly passionate about this. And like, I'm not into panty selling. I have really no intention to like buy panties, but I'm like, this is clearly like helpful and you care about it. And it's like, I can listen to this, even though I'm not like interested in it. It's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. No, I am passionate about it. And what I like as well is that I feel like some of the advice that I share is not just applicable to panty selling, but to other things as well. And, Definitely. you know, um, I'm really into a lot of different sort of self-development tools, if you like. And so I try and share them as much as possible, because like I said, a lot of my listeners are early 20s, um, you know, and I, I guess I kind of feel like a bit of a mother figure. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, yeah. if I can on this stuff to you now, like this is stuff I wish I'd known 20 years ago. So you know, um, there's that as well. Okay. That's dope. Mm-hmm. Was there anybody, is there anybody in the industry like you look up to, like you can say, Oh, this person, I look up to them. Um, yeah. Like I said, the, the blog series that I did with the over 40 sellers, I think I did five or six interviews and they were just so golden to me. I just got so much. I mean, I got so much out of it, but I really, have a lot of respect for those sellers because you know they're they're older and they're just they're still doing it and they haven't succumbed if that's the right word succumbed succumbed to this idea or notion that once you hit 40 or even 50 that you're somehow out of the game that you're no longer desirable that you know all this kind of thing like they're they're still very beautiful sensual sexy women and so for me, like those are my, um, those are my, the people that I look up to awesome. right now. And then I also follow another woman on Instagram. She's, uh, I can't remember her real name. Well, her fake name, her real fake name. I can't remember that. <laughs> but she, um, <laughs> Racks to Riches. And she's actually a mentor for strippers. Okay. And I followed her for quite a while. And and a lot of what she teaches is transferable to this business as well. And you'll find that with adult, you know, adult work in general, that it, it kind of it transcends all of the different varieties. Um so yeah, I I would mention her as well, Rex to Riches. She's really cool and she gives out a lot of Rex to Riches. Okay, cool. Information. What uh, what would you say would be like uh, pros and cons to the job? What would you say is a pro to panty selling? A pro, there, I mean, there's lots of pros. Obviously, it's something that you can do if you wear panties, right? I mean, everybody has an underwear drawer with panties. It doesn't take any effort to wear panties. I mean, you know, going on like two or three days, then maybe it takes a bit of effort to put on a pair of panties that you've been wearing three days straight. But other than that, it's fairly easy. Um, you don't have to be stuck at an office or online to do it. I mean, obviously you do have to build your clientele and all that kind of thing, but to physically wear the panties, you're just doing that anyway. Yeah. Um, it's really good money with an excellent margin. You know, if you think about how much panties cost and then what you're selling them for, I, there's very few items on the market where you're getting that level of markup and, um, you know, 
even flipping things from a garage sale like you know that's that's an exceptional morning um it's good fun and I've met some really fantastic people other sellers and buyers and yeah it's something that I can pick up and put down whenever I want to so I guess all the benefits of working for yourself and working from home rolled into one and nice. not really having to do anything too strenuous in order to put your product yeah so those w- those would be the pros um cons are that you will have to deal with a lot of time wasters and um, potential scammers people trying to get something for nothing um or even abusive people yeah. people with very clear mental health issues um pedophiles um so the kinds of guys that you will unfortunately you know bump into in this work it's just again it's something it's it's part of the part for the course like you can't not (laughs) unless you're very lucky to have been doing this for a while and never experienced any of those things but the majority will experience that um and it's just something that you have to create like a thick skin for um and again being part of a sellers group is really useful because you can sort of talk about what's happened you can share it so that other people don't fall for it and all that kind of thing um so that's a con and then i guess another con may be that it takes a lot of work especially in the beginning to get yourself up and running you you know you'll have to spend a lot of time showing up consistently and engaging with people in order to make sales. So I actually posted this on my Twitter this morning. It was an app. I don't even think it's released yet. A foot, foot fetish app, you know, like sell your pictures of your feet online. And, and it was one of these bullshit things that platforms are guilty of where they paint this picture that, you know, all you have to do is take some pictures of your feet, right? And you'll sell your socks, yeah. sell your panties, and you'll make loads of money and quit your day job even. I mean, that's complete and utter bullshit. Oh, wow. Yeah. like They're really, uh, they're really going hard. <laughs> they are. And Sophia Gray is guilty of it as well. I actually um, called bullshit on that. I think that was maybe a couple of months ago now. They had posted on their Twitter about, you know, give up your day job and sell your underwear. And, and, and I mean, all platforms are guilty of it. Like Panty Deal as well. They have a little video before you even sign up as a member, either to buy or to sell. And um, sorry, either as a buyer or a seller. And it's, you know, women prancing around with uh, price tags attached to their panties. And it's all like $70, $80, $90. And again, that's complete bullshit. So you'll look at that and you'll go, oh my God, it's like I sign up to Panty Deal and I can start selling my panties for like $90 ago. And that is not the reality, right? So that's um, that's why I think a voice like mine is important because if all the information out there is coming from platforms who have yep. a vested interest in you believing certain things, right? Because then you sign up and you pay your subscription charge and that's how they make money. So there needs to be an element of, reality in all this and that's what i'm here to say i go yeah you can make money people do sell their panties for you know 70 or 90 dollars right but that's not the norm and usually there's been a lot of hard work gone into building their business because this is a business you know it's like anybody that's starting a business whether it's a restaurant or i don't know like a trade or something like that you have to work from the ground up. You have to put in a lot of time, a lot of effort, a lot of energy 
to get things going. And this is no different than that. It's not a case of like, oh, these platforms are like eBay. I'll just post my picture. Someone will buy it, you know, and I'm done. It doesn't work like that. It can be easy. Some days you roll out of bed and there's orders waiting for you or money gone in your account overnight. Amazing, right? These things happen. But I'm just saying, like, let's have a realistic understanding of what it takes to sell panties online or to sell digital content or any of that kind of stuff. Yeah, because if you, yeah, like you were saying, like, if you're only taking that, like, cue from like the website to where like, oh, they're, we're selling these for 90 bucks, but you're not able to sell them for that. You might be like, oh man, I'm a failure. I'm not doing, I'm not adding up, but then they listen to your podcast and they're like, oh, wait a second. This was an unrealistic expectation they're putting on me and it's not reality. Absolutely. Absolutely. And yeah, there's, there's articles online um, where it's like, you know, somebody, I can't even remember what site this is attached to um where somebody's like selling panties for five hundred dollars or even five thousand dollars like you know um porn porn stars things like that like they could probably charge that amount of money for yeah. panties. they probably do and they probably make it but you know that's them right that isn't someone who's just rocked up to panty deal yeah and opened an account right you aren't going to make three hundred dollar panties right but these articles are online and you know i've, I've google searched all different variations around panty selling to see what comes up and of course the platforms with a lot of money have you know invested that into seo into some of these articles to paint that picture and so yeah it is it's just important to have you know (laughs) me to bring you back down to earth i guess but one thing that i forgot to mention sorry is i do want to come back to it when i mentioned about you know the community aspect the only the only website platform that I've seen so far, and I have joined quite a number, that did actually have a separate okay. chat area or forum rather for sellers was Panty Trust. And I thought, even though I dislike Panty Trust incredibly, um, I thought that was an exceptional offering. And I think if more platforms introduced that, that would be really helpful because then you have that what's going on behind the scenes where sellers can talk to each other and not feel completely isolated and alone. So yeah, sorry, I forgot to mention. No, that's awesome. What website, what website, what, what site did you say that was? Or? Panty Trust, okay. which is now owned by Panty Deal. Um, but it was, I don't think it was at the time I joined. It might've been, um, but yeah, I, I didn't like Panty Trust for a number of issues, but um, I did like that about them. Nice. What's the what would you say is the I know we were talking prices a little bit. What would you say like the I guess average price range would be for like a pair of panties? Or really just does it depend like who's selling it? I guess or what's what's the price range? It's tricky. I've I've done a few um, podcasts about pricing. If you went like I just mentioned the the example there with Panty Deal, you see their little video and it's like you know seventy dollars, ninety dollars, or whatever, and then you actually join the site you will see some panties being advertised at five and ten dollars which most panty sellers will tell you is far too low and is completely ridiculous but what tends to happen is new sellers come in and they think that the reason that they're not making sales is because of their price point and unfortunately that's not the case so what they do is they lower their prices and then you know, the the price comes down. And this is like 
economics, right? This is, of course, when everybody then starts to lower their price until it becomes completely untenable. And you you can't survive as a business on $5 panties or even $10. You can't, you won't make it any length of time unless you happen to be selling a lot of other companies. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, not even because there's there's no profit there. Yeah. Uh, you'd be operating a loss. But unless you were selling a lot of digital content alongside that or something. So I'm going to tell you that the, the average price is $25 to $50, okay. depending. Um, obviously, you know, there are variations on what kind of panties. Like, you know, silk and satin or expensive lingerie would probably garner a higher price. But then there's also add-ons that people can provide or the number of days and all that kind of stuff. But as a starting point, I would tell most new sellers, I would tell all new sellers, start at 25 and then work your way up. Um, I, I made that mistake as well. I came in and I was like, oh, like I should, I have to prove myself. I have to sell my panties really cheap in order to get reviews, in order to become established and I guess there is an element of truth to that but when people start lowering to like $15, $10, $5 then they're you know it's just everybody's gonna lose in that case but what happens is those people drop off really quickly and then they're just replaced by new sellers coming in and doing the same thing so it's you know it's really interesting to watch everything happening but again, depends on what platform you're on as well. You may find that if you go on to another platform, like, you know, I don't know, I'm not on it, but if you went on to Panty Trust where there was a lot of people talking to each other and agreeing a set price, then there wouldn't be maybe as much variation or fluctuation. And also if you're selling in kick groups, there's, you know, agreed prices between sellers where they will not undercut each other. Um, and I think that's really valuable and we should just implement that across the board, quite frankly. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's economics. It makes sense. Like if somebody's yeah. it's, drives, drives the market down. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. How do you feel like, I know social media is a huge part of any kind of like online business, even for like whether it's selling, even for the podcast. How do you feel like social media has played a part in your business? Um, social media is not ideal for this work obviously because it's uh it violates the terms and conditions of most of the major platforms so i have had oh really yeah i've had accounts shut down on instagram um a couple of accounts shut down on instagram and facebook is obviously a no-no as well (laughs) Uh, i mean it depends like if you're going to just post pictures of your face or or you going around your day-to-day life to build your audience and also have a presence on these other platforms and things like that, then it can it can be useful. Twitter is definitely the most friendly, but you know, there's talk that that's gonna kind of start to clamp down this year as well. But you know, I think Twitter is still really viable and would be the social media platform that I would recommend. It doesn't hurt to have like an Instagram or a Snapchat or things like that, but Twitter does seem to be better yeah. um, for these kinds of things. And, and you can definitely reach a lot more people, I think, because not only will Instagram just shut you down, but they'll also shadow ban you as well. Oh, so no. if you click any hashtag 
of any of the major platforms on Instagram. So if you do hashtag panty deal, hashtag sniffer, hashtag scented pansy, if you search any of them, you'll see that they're all shadow banned. So it's pointless to use those hashtags. And then, you know, if you use like used panties or panties for sale again, so no one's going to find you (laughs) doing that. So you have to be really clever. But that said, there are panty sellers who are up at like 30, 40,000 followers and, you know, and posting pictures that you would say, I can't believe that's not been flagged somehow. So I guess there are ways and means around it, but I certainly haven't discovered them. I just recommend Twitter. Heck yeah. I mean, Twitter, I feel like is a pretty open platform too. what you can post. I know, like you said, like people say there's going to be a, there might be a crackdown. I know they, I see that every single year, <laughs> but uh <laughs> Yeah, and and I also think, like, some of what I've seen on Twitter has really shocked me. Like, I thought I was a woman of the world until (laughs) I saw some things on Twitter, and I'm like, wow, I really don't know anything, do I? So, you know, that kind of stuff, I could see them clamping down on that, but pictures of my ass with a pair of panties, like, I mean, that's so vanilla compared to what else is going on there so even if they are clamping down i'm like well it's not going to affect me because i'm not posting anything like that like i accidentally posted um a picture that showed my nipples earlier and i quickly took it down because my twitter is like no if you want to see any of that you pay for it um so you know that like there's a world of difference between me lying on a sun lounger in a pair of panties and you know like gang banging videos yeah, and like things. hardcore shit <laughs> yeah exactly so i'm not worried about it i'm still i'm still on my twitter um pursuit nice how do you feel like so online based basically this like online persona versus like telling people how you really feel how do you balance that because i know like obviously there's a difference like it's not <laughs> how, how do how do you how do you handle that i guess it's an interesting one i've always prided myself on being genuinely me um in you know my persona if you like I mean obviously I don't use my real name or anything like that and I try not to give away too much information about my real life I guess um but at the same time you know there's certain boundaries and if a a gentleman is kind of like going too far you know like even asking if I have kids or things like that like not even in a in a in a dark way but just in a like asking too much about my life then I'll I'll pull back um but yeah it's it's an interesting it's an interesting thing because as sellers and buyers together in this community there needs to be an element of trust between us you know not just from a scamming perspective of course but you know just in the nature of what we're dealing with here And all that is taking place in this big giant bubble of lies because sellers are, (laughs) you know, they're, they're not being themselves. And so for me, I've always said like, I'm not going to tell you or any buyer rather that I am like, you know, a super horny MILF, like I'm a nymphomaniac. I'm so hot. I can't wear, you know, can't wait to wear panties for you and all this kind of thing. Because that's not true, right? That's not me. That's not real. I can't do that. I can't fake it. I'm not good at lying, right? Um, So I will just be me, right? Fun, like playful, silly, humorous me. Um, But then, of course, there are other sellers who really, you know, like especially doms. Doms have to have a persona, right? 
or other sellers who are you know going down that hot and horny route like oh my god like I'm so wet all, all that kind of stuff right you know what I'm talking about um so that's cool like you do that if that feels comfortable for you and also if that works like you know the reality is that that works because some buyers will really love that experience yeah. and love dealing with somebody who they believe to be like that even if part of them knows that it's not true yeah. right i get that but for me personally i can't <laughs> i just can't do it so i just you know and this is what we talked about briefly before we pressed record on the podcast is like I just have to do things my own way because if I don't, then I know it's not going to last for me. Like yeah. it has to feel authentic for me. And also I've found that having my personality come across in everything that I do definitely does detract. Um, it's not detract, right? It definitely does repel, I guess, some buyers, right? Because they're not into that. They're not into my vibe. They're not into me. You think it really does? Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah, I do. I do think that, you know, and that's reality and that's okay. I don't expect or desire everyone to like me. But the flip side of that is that the guys that like me, that get it, really get it. You know, they really like me because they can see that I am genuinely nice and fun and, you know, all that. And I care about what I do, you know, and I care about how other people do it as well. So, what's worked for me has been being as authentic as possible and being me as much as possible, as much as I can, you know, within this sphere of completely lying to everybody about <laughs> who I really am, yeah. you know? So it's a delicate balance and sometimes it can be exhausting or difficult to keep up this pretense of being something or someone um, you know, long term, it's it's hard and it creates burnout. And so for me, it's just easier to be me as much as possible. And then I'm not having to exert any additional pressure or effort or energy into it. Yeah. Like, does does burnout happen much for you? Burnout? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it can. And, you know, depending on what's going on, I've recorded a, a couple of podcasts about this, you know, and I've talked about how... <laughs> I think about quitting like, you know, a thousand times already. Um, and I'm still here. I'm still doing it. But yeah, oh, for sure. And I see it with a lot of other sellers as well. And it, it, there's a lot of different reasons why burnout occurs. One, like I just talked about there, when you're having to keep up this pretense. Um, two, when you're just working too much, because as with any entrepreneur, right, or anyone that works for themselves online, it's very difficult to put your phone down and go right yeah stop okay like I'm not working anymore for the rest of the day you just keep going because there's always more to do there's always the next thing it's like an inbox that never ends right so there's that as well like and, and I've spoken before on my podcast and in my blogs about using your time more effectively and being able to go right I'm not going to work for the next few hours and it's not going to be the end of the world because unfortunately you know an aspect of this job is if you are online at the right time with somebody who likes you and is ready to buy, then you can't really go around and you can't really say to them like, okay, I'm just going to go away for a few hours now and yeah. then I'll come back because they're, they're a hot lead, right? They're ready to buy. And so you stay on the phone, stay on the phone, stay on the phone. And sometimes, you know, up to the small hours of the morning, which, you know, I, I don't agree with as well. That's another reason why we burn out is we, we just need to sleep. Um, so like stretch yourself thin. Yeah, it it just 
people don't know when to kind of quit and they're just waiting for the next sale and it becomes like an addict an addiction um so there's that so I mean there's loads of different reasons why people burn out and you really have to take care of yourself in this industry more than most because like I said some of what you experience and some of what you come up against can be exhausting like even if it's not you that's experiencing it if you are in a sellers group where people are talking about it or if people are posting about these things publicly about things that have happened to them then that can't help but affect you as well and we all have to protect our mental health as well as our physical health for sure you know so yeah i could i could talk about that for hours there's so much to it but burnout is really a huge thing and i see sellers dip out for months and then come back to it you know because they can't help but come back to it because they love it but they know that it just got to the point where they needed to stop because it was just too much yeah what uh what websites uh what are the like popular i guess like panty selling websites can you recommend any or yeah i'm i'm reticent to sort of recommend any because there are so many and each has its pros and cons that makes yeah um yeah and i have i made it uh, a mission of mine to join <laughs> every single one so that I could speak to you know people that were on these platforms and and have a voice for you know what I would recommend or not but what I will say is that there are a few things for me that make a really excellent platform and there are new ones coming out all the time by the way like literally oh, wow. it feels like one a month there's a new platform yeah loads um I would say that for me it's important that whoever is running the platform cares about their customers and their customers are not buyers their customers are sellers because it's sellers who are paying the membership fees right so a site that is really good at listening to its members is scented pansy okay um which is you know i'm mentioning ones there are ones that are just uk based and then you know but i know most of the sellers are us so there's no point kind of really going down that route but yeah a site that is listening to the sellers as its customers responsive to them so if i tweet a platform i expect a response like or at least a like or something like that but you know um platforms where they don't have even an option to message them is a big no-no for me. Like I, I'm like, why, why don't you, <laughs> why don't you want to be messaged? I feel like you, you have know? to have, you got to have the message option. <laughs> yeah, there's got to be a way to communicate with these people, and not having that responsiveness is is a problem for me. Um, you know, even if they don't have their DMs open, but at least like some kind of presence online where it's not just like an automated tweet, yeah. something like that. Um, having the function to message buyers is really important to me because that is how I make sales is being able to start a conversation with my prospective customers a lot of platforms do not have that functionality because probably because it's easier just to have a website where people upload their items and then sit back and wait that has never worked for me so that is you know Sophia Gray would be one example of that where you can't just go and browse members and then send them a message and go, hey, you know, and not like push a sale. Like I never, ever yeah. push a sale, but I do try and start a conversation with people. So that's really important to me as well. And then a website that doesn't scam 
its um, customers. So I mentioned this, you know, I'm just, I just, I'm just going for it. I'm just saying it how it is. But I messaged this on my Twitter a few days ago about Panty Deal has this like, it's, it's not a scam, but it's a scammy move where once you sign up to join them, <laughs> you automatically get two messages that look like it's people wanting to buy from you. But these two messages go to everybody that signs up exactly the same messages from exactly the same accounts, but you can't read them until you upgrade to the paid membership. So it's basically a ploy. That it? Yeah, it's really it's a <laughs> that happened to me on Tinder. They tried to get me to sign up. I, I they said I had a couple matches and I could see their faces if I signed up for the for the Tinder yeah. gold. Yeah. I know. I mean, it's, it's not just Pantyhoo that does it. Like, I know dating apps are really guilty of it, but it is still, I mean, imagine that. Like, if you're, if you can see through that kind of bullshit, yeah. you'd be like, oh, God, you know, like, what have I just signed up for? But, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to slag Pantyhoo off. Like, that's where I made the majority of my money. But it's just, you know, don't do that. Like, you don't have to do yeah. that. It's just a, a shitty move, I think. But yeah, those are the things I would say in general, a platform where I can message the buyers, one who obviously cares about its customers and the sellers and creating a good experience. And one where there's like open communication and they're on it and they're, you know, they have this presence online where you feel like, you know, it's not just like somebody sitting in a room (laughs) behind a computer running the whole show. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. but I have, um, on my blog, I have interviews with different platforms where you can get a feel for each of them and find out a little bit more about them. So I ask them the same set questions and I let oh, them sweet. respond. So, yeah, so you can make up your own mind about which ones to join. Nice. Have you ever used uh, Reddit to sell panties? No, I haven't. I did have a, a lady on my podcast who is a pro at selling on Reddit. Like that's all she's ever done. Um, it's just something that I've never got around to. I don't feel like I have extra time and energy to put into yeah. it at the moment. I really, I'm just concentrating on my platforms at the moment. Okay. I know you, uh, how long have you had your OnlyFans for? Oh, uh, a month. Yeah, like literally one month, I think. Yesterday or the day before. Something how, like how do you like it uh, so far? I do like it. I really like it. Uh, I, you know, it's one of those things that people had talked about for months and I had just kind of, I had on my radar, but I never really thought about doing it. And then I thought, do you know what? I'm just going to sign up and I love it. I love the whole ease of it. I love the functionality, but I will say that on top of OnlyFans, I have joined AVN Stars. That's another one. And I prefer that one a little bit more because AVN... Yeah, it has the ability for people to find you, whereas OnlyFans, you really have to bring people to your page. Like, there is no homepage, but AVN Stars has that um, functionality. So, yeah, and then I also joined another one, which is UK-based, and that's Admire Me. Okay. So, yeah, I'm just just testing out lots of different things, and that's, you know, you have to do that. You have to be willing to try out and experiment with different platforms and functions and see what works best for you i know you said uh you said uh 267 if you get 200 267 only fans you're out the game is uh <laughs> is that a legitimate number is that a, is that a real thing no. 
what that was it was it was linked to a podcast episode I did a few weeks ago where I was trying to get across to people that it's not important to be like wildly you know well known and a million followers and all this kind of thing like all you really need is the certain number of fans that's going to bring you whatever income you desire so for me I had said you know it's it's not very much but a financial goal of mine would be two thousand dollars a month or two thousand pounds a month or whatever it was um like I would be quite comfortable with that and then breaking that down and going okay how many customers do I need per year to meet that goal so you know forget OnlyFans for a moment although I'll come back to that in a minute how many if you want to make like even a thousand dollars a month selling panties or selling digital content or whatever how many customers do you need and how much do they have to pay in order for you to meet that goal and so I was helping people break down because sometimes we can be like oh my god like people don't even know how much they want to earn right they've not even written it down and further they haven't sat down and gone, okay, well, let's break that down. Like how much are my panties on average, right? How many pairs do I need to sell? How many people do I need to talk to in order to make those sales? All those kind of things. So with the OnlyFans example, what I was saying was if my goal was like $2,000, £2,000 a month, I forget which currency I was talking about, then actually all I need is 267 OnlyFans and that's done, right? That's all I need. So it really was just more of an example about yeah. being aware of your numbers. And again, coming back to if this is a business, which it is, you need to know your numbers, right? You need to know your aims and your goals and how you're going to get there. So that's what that was about. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have concerns with uh, like piracy at all? Or like your pictures being like someone pays for your OnlyFans or pays for your AVN? And then like put, post your stuff on another website. Are you concerned about that at all? Yeah, I am. And I'll tell you why. Because it happened. <laughs> it, it did happen. Oh, so, wow. Yeah, this is the reason that I left Panty Deal. I left Panty Deal, um, about, I don't know, 10 days ago, something like that. Because it came to light that the information that had been uploaded there was present on another website. And not only that was present on another website and another one as well. So um, yeah, pictures that had been uploaded, uh, posts, other things like that were on these scamming websites where it looks like you can go on and buy panties from all of these people, but actually it's a scam and it's going to take your money. So it's pantiesmonster.com is one of them. And then another one was like share.sexy. So yeah, that was my decision to leave Panty Deal was a, a, a number of reasons, but that was the straw that broke the camel's back for me. I was just like, no, I can't yeah. anymore with this. So yeah, I mean, that is the difficulty. If you're going to upload pictures to the internet or videos or things like that, you're going to post them and share them and sell them. Then of course, there's always the risk that people will upload your content. I mean, with OnlyFans, there is a watermark but it's in the corner. You could crop it out if you wanted to. Um, but I never show my face in any sexual content. So that definitely nice. alleviates a concern for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it is a concern and it's something that you have to be aware of could happen. You know, even if you disable the function for people to download your videos, yeah. they can still screen record them, you know. So the technology is there. If people really wanted to, they could. 
And I know sellers that it's happened to where, you know, some guy has just gone crazy and uploaded their content to a porn site and they were lucky they managed to get it taken down. But yeah, it's happened. It does happen. So, yeah. yeah. Are there any, do you know if there's any health risks with like, because I know I meant, uh, there's like you'll wear them for days at certain times. Like, is there any health risks for wearing like pants extended amounts of time? Do you know? Yeah. Yeah, there, there is. Of course there is. Um, I, I mentioned this in a podcast as well recently. If I, I have a limit of five days, right. But it's very rare that I get orders like that, but I know obviously that they're quite common for other sellers and you have to just be really aware of, you know, your own health and, and monitor things as it goes along. And, you know, your vagina is a self-cleaning machine. Things tend to go out the way rather than in the way, which is fortunate. But if things, you know, like especially if it was like a tight thong or something like that, then, yeah, of course, you run the risk and the danger of, you know, an infection or a yeast infection or something like that. And particularly if you're prone to yeast infections, I know that that's happened to a few sellers where they've been completely taken out of the game for weeks um, after you know a wear or stuffing or things like that like I think stuffing would be more problematic than wearing um, but yeah it's just something that you have to be aware of but just because you wear yeah. for three days in a row doesn't mean that you don't clean yeah. yourself you know so you're like you're still showering <laughs> and for me as well like I, I don't wear panties at night um, I don't do like a full 24 hour wear I just I take them off and then I would put them on the next day but I know some sellers wear them overnight. It's an individual thing. You know, you have to just make your own adult decision around it. But if there was any inkling of upset down there, then of course I would, I would end yeah. the wear. Do you, uh, do you have to like make a schedule? Like, is there like a, you're like, you'll be like wearing a panties. You're like, oh man, I should be wearing, I should be wearing these other panties right now. What am I doing? <laughs> yeah, that has happened. It's happened a couple of times where I like, I've just, you know, robotically got out of the shower put a pair of panties on gone downstairs and then I'm like oh, shit I'm not supposed to be wearing these today I'm supposed to be wearing a different thing so yeah you have to be organized and I have a little diary and um, I just pen and paper because I'm so old school I know some people do like spreadsheets and all that kind of stuff but yeah I just I write it down in there and I'm like this is the pair that I'm wearing and they're all numbered in my G drive. So, you know, normally when the order comes in, it's for that number and then oh, I can no. write that number down and then refer to my G drive and see. So yeah. Um, yeah. You have to be fairly organized, especially if you've got a number of wares on the go, it can start to feel a little bit like overwhelming if you haven't got a system in place to keep track of who's bought, you know, what their address is, when it's to get posted and all that kind of stuff. And okay. Yeah. Does, does like a, so say like somebody wants you say like five, like three days or like five, like a longer, like where does that cut? I feel like, does that cut down on mm -hmm. your like selling potential or profit potential just because you had to wear it for that amount of time and you're not able to wear like other panties? That time yeah. yeah. And absolutely. And that's another mistake that a lot of sellers make is that they charge Normally, the, the average is $5 or, or up to $10 for any additional days. But of course, that's then taking away from your profit of additional wear. So if you're selling panties at $30 and you got to wear for three days and you're only charging an extra five for each additional day, then you can see where your profit's dropping if you are then losing a sale because somebody's got to wait too long. I mean, that does happen, but... 
a lot of the time, if a buyer wants to buy panties from you, it's because they want your panties. It's not yeah. necessarily like they want panties stat and it doesn't matter who it is as long as it's posted tomorrow. Like that can happen, but most of the time they're happy to wait. But yeah, my advice in those instances would be to actually, and I've seen this happen in my sellers group and other groups that I'm member of, that people are upping their price for additional days because they've clocked on to the fact that, hang on a minute, because I could be making $30 for day two and day three, but actually I'm only charging you five. That doesn't make sense. So now I'm going to charge you 15 for an additional day. Um, you know, And then anything over three days normally goes way up in price as well because of what we just talked about with the additional risk to your health but also like some people can get a little bit freaked out that people can smell them you know they're like oh my god I must smell really gross down there and they don't want to be around people and things like that so yeah you have to charge accordingly that makes sense yeah, you ha- yeah, you have to. I mean, because it's your time. Like, yeah, yeah, you have to charge more. Yeah, and my prices have only ever gone up the more I've been doing this, and I realized that I really undercharged a lot in the beginning. Um, you know, and the difference for me is that I want to feel compensated for what I do. I want to really enjoy wearing, and I really enjoy wearing when I feel like I'm being adequately compensated financially you know that I'm receiving a good amount of money so for me I would feel like shit if I was wearing for ten dollars like that would really get me down and you know (laughs) who wants depressed panties right you want happy panties (laughs) that the person was like you know joyous to be wearing for you and so that's always been my thing is like well I want to love what I'm doing, so I'm going to charge you this, and that way, you know, you can be assured that I'm going to really enjoy what I'm doing. Yeah, it's like farm-raised, like, food almost. Like, (laughs) when they feed the animal, like, good food, the food tastes better. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yes, yes, that is exactly what it is. I've never heard that analogy for pantyhole before, but I love it. Yeah, you're right, you're right, and... And that's the thing, like a lot of new sellers or less experienced sellers are are not taking into consideration. It's like if you're only making one dollar by the time you've, you know, your time and energy to even go to the post office, buy envelopes, stamps, post and all that kind of thing. If you're making one dollar, I yeah. mean, is that bringing you joy? <laughs> is, is that <laughs> going to be a long term? Yeah, like you'd be better going and working in McDonald's yeah. for that case, you know? Um, because you're not not making good money if you're undercharging. Yeah, where's the where's the farthest destination? I know you said you're in Spain. Where's the farthest destination you've sent your panties to anyone? Like- the farthest destination would be I've done a few to Australia and one to New Zealand and one to the Philippines. Oh, so nice. I guess yeah, they would be the furthest. Yeah, I, I've, I've done way across America. I, I'm actually quite gutted because I wanted to start one of those map things to like, you know, take oh, yeah. off the 52 states. Or um, but I've just never got around to it. But I, I've covered a lot of states in nice. America. Um, but yeah, th- those would be the furthest that I've sent it to. Is most of your customer base in Europe or is it in the US? Do you know? or No, it's, it's in the US. I'm going to say that 80% of my customers are in America and I mentioned this in my group the other day that I actually feel as if if I lived in America, I would make double what I make because, yeah, I feel like a lot of Americans 
I feel like Spain is very far away. I mean, Spain is very far away. Um, you know, and, and equally, if I lived in the United Kingdom, then I would make a lot more sales because, you know, panty buyers do tend to prefer it to come Domestic, quite quickly. Yeah. You know, a lot of people like the sale. Yeah, if they want yours, then they'll wait for it. But it's not the same as if, if it arrives in like one day or two days as it is for like five yeah. or eight days from Spain. Um, so that has been something that I've had to just contend with. But yeah, um, a lot of people do feel like Spain is too far away for them. <laughs> But it's worth it though. What? Yeah, it's worth it. What? Uh, I know you mentioned like kind of time wasters or people like kind of like even maybe ghosting you like when you have a sale. How often? How common are people wasting your time? Or you're like, oh man, I think I'm gonna have a sale, and then all of a sudden they just like cut off communication. Um, I'd say it's not all that common. Well, no. Let me let me rewind. So when I was on Panty Deal, which is the platform that I was on for a year. It literally happened once in a blue moon for me after sort of month seven of doing this because people, you know, they're not stupid, these guys. They know that if you've been doing this for a while, you've got over 100 reviews, they're not going to easily be able to manipulate you. So that's why they will target new sellers specifically. And, you know, in a way that sort of like separates the wheat from the chaff because the sellers that are able to stay the course and stay even though this is happening multiple times a day like you know basically every single message is a time waster or a scammer or a ghost or whatever and um, if you can stay the course then you know you prove yourself if you like so I will say that it just was like literally never happening for me on Pantsteel but when I left and joined some newer platforms because I'm now the new girl even though I'm not um, you know, I'm I'm being targeted Damn. with it again by guys who think that they can manipulate me because they think I'm new. So in some ways it's fun because I'm like, <laughs> I'm not new. Like I, I already know where this is going and, you know, I'll just kind of cut it dead. And, and the difference, I think, between a successful panty seller and someone who's not so successful is your attitude, right? Oh, okay. For me, what, what I've noticed in, so I have my own group, but I'm also a member of a few other groups, seller groups. And particularly for young sellers, they can easily get drawn into these conversations with these guys. And it's almost like they, you know, they, they're not necessarily enjoying it, but they want to have the last word or they want to punish these guys in some way. What, the best advice I can give you, and I've said this on my podcast multiple times, is drop it straight away, block them, delete them, whatever, yeah. right? Do not engage, do not interact because you're wasting your energy and your time. And even if yeah. they're not getting something from you, they're still getting that. But I see a lot of sellers, like they seem to enjoy it. They're like, I'm going to teach him. I'm going to show him. I'm going to say this. This will really get to him. It fucking won't because these guys love it. Right. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you do. Like nothing is going to change them from showing up a week from now, a month from now and doing the same thing all over again. So don't waste your time. So for me, even if you're like upset, you're probably yeah, yeah. like, do you know, come into your sellers group, have a vent and then just leave it because the only person that suffers is you. Now, don't get me wrong, I have done it before. Like if I'm in a shitty mood and some guy is giving me complete bullshit, like, you know, I've had to physically stop myself from responding because I'm like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna say this, right? Yeah. You know, and sometimes you think it'll make you feel better, but it doesn't. And then that hangs over you for the rest of the day, whether you like it or not. So, you know, the best thing is just to 
you know, as soon as you know that it's a time waster, you just block them and that's it and you move on, right? Yeah. Because that that's really the only way to deal with it. Yeah. So it does happen to me now on, uh, I'm on Sniffer and I'd say it happens quite a lot there, but it's fine. I can deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> do you know who your, like the buyers are? Like, um, like, do you know like what kind of demographic they are? Do you know, like, are you able to see any information about the people? So, you know, like, oh, this is my market. Like, is there, is there to know that information? Well, I'm quite happy to have conversations with my buyers and, you know, get to know them a little bit better. I'd say that I tend to attract older buyers. Uh You know, I may still be younger than them or slightly younger than them. Um, But yeah, they tend to be attracted to me probably because I'm, you know, mature, I suppose, and I can hold a good conversation. Um, You know, and I know things that they're talking about, things like that. So I'd say that my demographic is 80 percent um over 35 at least okay. over 40 maybe and then a few young, a few younger buyers who are attracted to older yeah. confident women but yeah that that would be okay that would be my demographic um do you have any advice for anybody uh well, i know we've kind of given it a lot lots of advice already for anybody kind of like starting out but do you have any advice for uh anyone yeah anybody starting out or in, also like buyers as well um yeah. Uh, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's like the last. I feel like that's a that's a packed question right there. I don't yeah, know. I mean the the advice. Like, listen to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the advice for sellers would be to um, keep showing up. You know, uh, it takes time. Focus on the right things. So this is something that I see a lot: is sellers are focused on the wrong things. They're not seeing the bigger picture. So the truth is that it takes time to become successful like sure you can you can make sales fairly easily fairly quickly in the beginning but if you want to be a successful panty seller you have to build your clientele you have to build your customer base so these are the guys that are going to keep buying from you you know because they like you they like the service that you offer and and they like the previous experience they had with you so you want to build them because that is your um recurring income where you don't have to try very hard because you've already done the hard work getting them to you know vibe with you so that takes time and a lot of sellers give up far too quickly far too easily because you know they fail at the first hurdle and the truth is that these hurdles are what make you successful right you have to go through it yeah it's like like i said it's a rite of passage if you want to be successful you have to deal with and negotiate with thousands of people. Like, you know, at this stage, one year on, I've spoken to thousands of buyers and not all of them bought, of course not. And a few of them were abusive. A few of them were fucked up. A few of them were whatever. Um, but, you know, like that's that's what I've done to get to this stage where it's a lot easier. But in the beginning, it was hard. Um, And I'd say, you know, have a a bit of a strategy, like know what you're doing. I put together a a seven day sales challenge where I created these worksheets that help you break down what you're doing, why you're doing it, how you're doing it. And those are the things like people are just kind of and I was guilty of this as well in the beginning, just like, you know, fumbling around doing what, you know, the next thing that seemed like the right thing to do without actually going right you know, what am I doing here? Like, how am I going to do it today? What am I going to do for the next hour? Like, you know, and doing the most 
the the tasks that give you the most return on investment, right? So sitting creating pretty graphics on pick collage, right? Versus reaching out to customers and starting a conversation, like that's a no-brainer. You want to spend your time on the thing that will give you the income, right? Yeah. And that's not to say that pictures obviously have their place, like, you know, of course. But what I'm saying is like a lot of sellers are just they're they're not doing the things that will actually generate the income. They're just getting, you know, they're they're wasting their fucking time trying to teach a scammer a lesson. Yeah. Like, no, you know, what are you going to do that for like half an hour when you could be reaching out to someone that's going to buy from you? You know, so things like that. It's about being intelligent um, around what you're doing. But yeah, listen to my podcast. <laughs> like, Listen to the podcast. If you, if you listen to this, listen to the podcast. Yeah, I can't sum it all up because there's so much to it. Um, advice for buyers. Yeah, just be nice. Like recognize that on the other end of the computer, and you know, this goes for everything, right? But on the other end of the screen is a person with a life, um, you know, and, and possibly children and, you know, and things going on. And there's lots of different types of buyers. There are guys who are super needy or there are guys who expect you to just like drop everything and communicate with them when you can't necessarily do that. Um, you know, and there are equally, there are respectful guys, there are nice guys, there are genuine guys. And it really is just about being, um, having the right attitudes on both sides for buyers as well. Like just seeing each other as a human being yeah. and, you know, just being kind. But there's lots of etiquette for buyers. I'm going to do a podcast on that because um, that's been a really highly requested one from sellers who want something where they can direct buyers to go and go, right, listen to this. Like, this is the way oh, no, exactly, we'd yeah. really like it. You could act like this. Um, so I'm going to I'm gonna do that. I know you mentioned uh, a couple times, like, uh, you felt like panty selling was almost like a gateway drug to like being a dom or something do you do you feel do you feel yourself branching out into any, anything <laughs> else or do you think like oh i'm strictly panty selling pictures like what uh what do, you, what do you think it's interesting like my boundaries have changed backwards and forwards in the whole time that i've been doing this so like i said in the very beginning my first sale was pictures which was something i didn't even know that i did until i was in my room taking pictures of myself you know just going right okay i'm just gonna go with it um, so yeah, I, I don't know what percentage of sellers come into it and go, right, I'm just selling panties. And then all of a sudden they start doing other stuff as well, or whether they were happy to do all of that in the beginning. It's not something I've really asked people, but, um, for a period of time, I was not comfortable with doing pictures or videos anymore. I really took a step back and I felt like I had all this weird shame around what I was doing and judgment and stuff like that and that's something that has been ongoing you know I've always got an inner narrative around what I'm doing and you know should I be yeah. doing this and all this kind of stuff and um, at the moment that's sort of passed for me a little bit and now I've gone back into the digital content of pictures and videos um so yeah when I say panty selling is a gateway drug like I do definitely think it's a gateway drug into selling digital content because sellers come online and they see that the kind of income that they've read about or been told about um is not possible with panty selling because even if you sold your panties at $30 a pair you'd need to make one sale every single day right to hit 900 and, and not have your period right or sell period panties to hit $900 a month 
And although that's a good number, like I don't know anyone making that with panty sales because the nature of it is that you may have a few orders in a row and then have nothing for two weeks, right? So it's quite unique to kind of get to a stage where you have like 30 orders a month and you're wearing every single day for a person. Um, So there's a cap on that income wise. And so a lot of sellers then go, okay, right. I see other people are selling pictures. I'll sell pictures too. Like, you know, and some are nude and some aren't and some show face and some don't, right. Everyone has their own individual boundaries. Um, And then when you're doing pictures, well, you know, hell, I do a few videos, right. Just one or two pre-mades isn't going to hurt. And so they'll maybe like put a collection of five to 10 pre-made videos together and then they've got that to offer, right. So, you know, and then you start to see other things that are available too. And then you make a decision about whether that's good for you or not. Um, The Dom thing was just something that I've been talking about on my Twitter the last few days where I follow a lot of panty sellers on Twitter. And then, you know, a lot also offer Dom services as well. And then they may even just move into that either because they enjoy it or because they make more money from it or whatever. Um, so I don't know whether like, you know, and I asked the question and a few people said, no, like I never sold panties, but I am a dom. So, you know, of course it doesn't mean just because you sell panties, you're going to start doming, but there are certainly sellers who move in that direction yeah. for whatever reason. For me personally, I don't know if I could be a dom. Um, I just, I don't know if it vibes with me. So it's something that I've, I've given thought to, like a few people have gone, oh my God, you'd be amazing at it. But it's just, I don't know enough about it to really make that move or make that decision. But, you know, I'm I'm open to it, I guess. I'll see what this year brings. Heck yeah. There's always, yeah. <laughs> and like, you can always cha- do what do something, try something new, and then be like, oh, no, that's not for me. It's just like, you can do whatever exactly, you want always. Exactly. Yeah, you are your own boss. You get to make the decisions. And if one day you decide you aren't doing this anymore, you aren't selling this anymore, then that's it, and you're not answerable to anyone. Yeah, know? I know on your link uh, on your website you have the ultimate guide to selling online. What uh, what is that? Well, that was something again coming back to most of the content that's available. Most of the ultimate guides to selling panties online that you'll see are written by platforms, and I wanted to again create something that was completely unbiased towards you know oh this is amazing it's all rainbows and unicorns and things like that right um so I put together like an absolute getting started guide because that's the thing like I was having so many messages from people going how do I get started what platform should I join what should I do blah 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 and I was like you know what I'm just gonna put everything together in a, a training you know so it's mostly audio training from me where I can just go right here, have this. And, you know, I kept the price super, super low because I know that the motivating factor for a lot of people joining this work is that they need money yeah. and they need it fast, right? Um, so I was like, I'm not I'm not going to sell it for like $200 or something ridiculous like that, like $197. Um, so yeah, I just, I put it together, $25, and it's just available for anyone that really wants their hand held through the initial stages. I mean, it's not going to get you to where I am now because like the longer you're doing it, you know, more stuff happens and you're experimenting with different ideas like doming or, you know, whatever different subscription sites, things like that. But it will certainly get you from month zero, like, you know, before you've even set up to the three month mark where you're like up and going and you're on your way. Um, so yeah, that I just created it because... I just wanted to put everything together 
where I I felt I could have used that in the beginning. Like it would have certainly helped me to avoid a lot of problems and challenges that I went through. And I wanted to save something from some of those things. Like, you know, you'll still go, it's not like you buy the course and you'll never have a time waster. You'll never have a scammer. You'll never have anything. You'll still have that, but you'll have it with your eyes wide open and know exactly what's going on. Fuck yeah. That's super. That'd be super helpful. Yeah. Do you think, uh, did the holidays affect business at all? Because I know like Christmas has uh, just happened. How was December? Yeah, yeah, they really do. Uh, for me, December was my quietest month. Um, but then when I joined Panty Selling, I joined on Boxing Day, the day after Christmas. And, you know, obviously then I was I was making sales fairly quickly. So, yeah, it's interesting. Like people will always have an opinion about oh, well, you know, it's like the summer holidays, so the schools are off, so that makes a difference, or it's Christmas, or it's tax season, or it's payday, or whatever, you know. And that's just what we do as human beings. Like, we try and make sense of what's happening, particularly if our sales are up or our sales are down. We're, like, we're trying to figure it out. Um, And, you know, of course, it's, it's real. Like, it happens, and people will say, yeah, it's just quiet right now. Um, but there's lots of other things going on, like what we talked about earlier yeah. with the market is just where the market is, like it's taken a drop or, you know, or are interested in different things or whatever. So, yeah, as long as you're not sitting there going, oh, well, the reason I'm not making sales is because it's Christmas. But at the same time, you know that you're not doing like anywhere near the fraction of what you were doing before when you were making sales. You know, there's lots of different things at play, but of course, take responsibility for how you're showing up and how you, what you, what work you're doing. And then anything else that's going on is just going on. And again, this is another example of focusing on the wrong things and putting your results outside of yourself, yeah. right? And going, oh, well, nobody's making money right now. So I'm not going to make money right now. So there's no point today. Do you know what I mean? Something like that. But as long as you just keep doing what you're doing, then everything that's happening outside of you will happen and there will always be spring, summer, winter, autumn and winter. Like yeah. that just that's just the nature of reality. You will have great days, great weeks, great months, and then you'll have your winter where it's quiet and things just aren't happening and you maybe can't account for it, but you don't let that stop you. You have to keep showing up anyway. Yeah, you got to. Heck yeah. I know, uh, like, do they have, have you ever heard of panty raids? Is that a, have you ever heard of panty raids at all? I've heard of it at colleges, right? Yeah. So I don't know if, if this was a thing in like, uh, even Spain or in the yeah. UK. My mom, she, uh, went to like a small college, uh, like an all girls college, like in the seventies. And they used to have panty raids to where like the staff, like the faculty, like the teachers organized it. Like it'd be on a certain day yeah. and basically guys would like run through the campus and then they would write their phone numbers on their panties, throw them out the windows to the guys below, and then they would call them and like have dates like that. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's a real thing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. No, I don't think that was ever a thing in the UK. Um, yeah, I think that's just an American thing. <laughs> yeah, that's. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah before i go did you have any like interesting uh like a f- st- funny story or anything or interesting story like anything you wanted to like tell at the end i guess um do you know yeah i i mm, i debated whether i would share this one because it's so ridiculous but actually i'm i'm not going to share but i'm going to direct 
sellers to another podcast where um so this is a podcast for do- well for doming for doms and things like that um from a woman or two women rather in my seller group that started this to help people it's the same it's the exact same as the panty selling podcast except it's all about doming and all that kind of stuff so it's really good sort of sideline but they've recently done a couple of episodes and are planning another future episode, which does include the story that I'm not going to share with you because I'm too embarrassed. But they're doing past episodes with like funny, you know, anecdotes or stories of things that have happened in, you know, pan- for panty sellers or for doms or, or any kind of adult industry sort of thing. Um, so I'm just going to direct you to them, which is the Deadly Sins podcast, and they are going to include my story, I think, on their next episode where they're talking about that. But yeah, makes the job fun. <laughs> we'll have to link it up. We'll have to link it up when, when they post it. I got to find out and I'll, I'll repost it on here. Yeah, cool. Um, or at least, at least share it on Twitter or something. Yeah, so yeah. Well, or I'll I'll post it to you when they when they release it. Okay, sweet. Thank <laughs> you. Well, Dalmarosa, Dom I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I really, I really do. Well, thank you. Much. yeah it's been really fun talking to you yeah this, no this has been a lot of fun um your twitter um panty underscore dalma and your web website yeah. panty selling school.com that's a uh, that's right yeah that's me heck yeah and you're the host of the panty selling podcast listeners if you're out there right now listen to this podcast what are you doing this is the best panty selling podcast perhaps it's probably better than this <laughs> podcast you even listen to this listen to that <laughs> <laughs> But no, um, I do appreciate you uh, coming on the podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, we will uh, we'll be back. That was my interview with Dalma Rosa. Uh, shout out to her. That was a lot of fun. Uh, Dalma, I really do appreciate it. Uh, if you have not yet, give her a follow on the old Twitter. Her uh, Twitter is panty underscore Dalma. Uh, panty underscore D-A-L-M-A. Uh, her website is pantyselling.school.com. I will link it in the Libsyn page. So if you go to the, just go to the Libsyn page, um, there'll be a link. You can go to her website, check it out. Uh, her podcast, listen to the podcast. If you're listening to this, listen to her podcast. It's good. I listen to it. It's awesome. Uh, it's the Panty Selling Podcast. It is available on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, Audio Boom, everywhere. Go check it out. Um, but no, this is, uh, this has been episode 15. I, uh, like I mentioned, I don't know, like I mentioned before, uh, use Zencaster for this, uh, this, uh, pot, this episode. So I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like my voice is a little fucked up. Uh, <laughs> I don't know if that was just a me thing or that was a Zencaster thing, but I, you know, fuck. <laughs> But no, this is uh thanks for thanks for being here. It's a new year. It's a new year. If you could rate, review, subscribe to the podcast, tell everyone you know, tell someone you don't know that you actively dislike, let them know about the podcast. <laughs> but no, I appreciate you being here every Tuesday. We are on social media, Twitter, Instagram, at Full Service Pod. Give us a follow. Uh, my personal Instagram and Twitter is at uh, TankFunkadelic, so uh, give me a follow as well. I always post about comedy shit or something, or an old picture from from the past, <laughs> old TBT, but no, uh, comedy shit. Um, January 14th, I will be a Laughing Skull. If you're in Atlanta, there's a link to the to tickets. Go to, come to the show, it'll be fun, um, but no. That's, uh, I got another interview for you next week. I got you guys. 
Um, who's who is it? <laughs> I don't know. We're making it happen. We're flying by the seat of our uh, what's that for? I don't know. But I uh, know that's <laughs> episode fifteen. I'll be back next Tuesday. I hope everyone has an amazing week. Later.